Welcome to the RV Navigator Podcast, your RV lifestyle digital home. Visit the RV Navigator homepage at rvnavigator.com. And now, here are your hosts, Ken and Martha, podcasting from their mobile RV studio that might be parked in a campground near you. Hello, this is Ken, your RV Navigator. And Martha, the co-pilot. And we are just a few, actually a few thousand miles from home, so it's unlikely that you're camped in a campground near us. And we're but, not camped in a campground either, because we are on the high seas in a cruise ship. On a cruise ship, and we are uh, in Asia at the moment, uh, about 7,000 miles from home. I just checked on the old GPS. Yes, we bring our GPS with us, even when we travel around the world. Although when we were in the middle of the Pacific, there was not much to be seen, even on the GPS. But you'd be glad to know that our GPS now has a name. You'll remember from last month that we got a brand new GPS, and this one is very nice and portable and works very well, as I say, even on the ship here, and uh, we've named it Artie. And you can even load things into it, like books that it'll read to you. Yes, and we've been using Music. it as an MP3 player mm-hmm. and audiobooks. And very cool. As I said last month, uh, this was we had just gotten it, or maybe I just ordered it, and we have uh, this Garmin now uh, 670, and uh, the advantage of it is is that it has the world maps built into it as well as uh, detailed maps of the United States. So we're hoping to be able to use it to navigate when we get to Europe, which will be the second half of this. And its body is somewhat smaller than Erica's body, and its viewing screen is somewhat bigger is my perception. Uh, very comparable. And we can plug it into the wall outlets as well as into the cigarette lighter. But even though we're not at home doing the RV thing, uh, we did want to keep in touch with you, and uh, we'll try to touch on some RV topics. But uh, because we are not in the RV frame of mind or in the RV world at the moment, and we are so far at home, it's hard, from home, it's hard to keep track of exactly what's going on in the RV world, although we do have some email here. Uh, we will be basically talking about uh, some of the other perceptions that we've had about the, this trip. And I would imagine it might be a bit of time before you can get this podcast uploaded because while you can do Uh, Internet at sea, it's frightfully expensive. Yes. We have bargained ourselves down to a big 40 cents a minute, so it's not a bargain by any means. So we will be uploading this just as soon as possible. However, we are creating this uh, right at the beginning of October, and this will be our October issue, number 19, by the way, which is pretty good for us. And we're speaking to you from our spacious cruise room, which is, I'm thinking about RVing, is probably about the same floor space as we have in our motorhome or maybe a bit less. Ah, so we call this RVing on steroids. That's cruising. RVing on steroids? Well, yes, because, well, this ship travels about uh, 500 miles a day. And when I'm driving, how much? How many miles do we travel? 500 is about the maximum. Uh-huh. So that's pretty much the same, except that I go to bed, I get up, and I'm in someplace new. I don't have to drive. <laughs> and when we use the GPS, it's for fun, not because I'm staring at the screen intently watching for the next turn in the road. And, of course, uh, one of the reasons why we bought the Class A is because we wanted to have the convenience of being able to go in the back and eat when we wanted to and just kind of stop and pull over. And here... We certainly can eat whenever we want to. <laughs> and we can, we don't even have to stop. The, the, the ship keeps sailing, and we just go up and eat and uh, enjoy the entertainment. And if you haven't done cruising, it's a, it's a wonderful addition to the RVing lifestyle. And it's the other thing that, uh, that is our passion, I think. And we did meet another couple who full-times who's here and on the cruise the, yeah, with that's us. That's right. They were driving a bounder, and they left it in Alaska. We left from Whittier, Alaska. 
uh, a few weeks. Uh, actually, we're spending 31 days on this on this particular trip and, and seeing a number of countries and ports here in Asia. And, of course, when you're in your RV, you are happy because you have all your stuff with you and you don't have to pack and unpack. And while we had to come to our cruise port on a plane and we couldn't bring quite everything with well, us, we, tried. we are unpacked and everything is in a, a comfortable place and you don't have the ha- hassles of suitcase living that you uh, do on a hotel the name, trip. RVing on steroids. Things are just left in your room and you get off and see nice new places and and spend a little bit of time touring but when you come back it's just like being at home but when i'm in my rv no one cooks for me no one cleans for me Ah. but we do have a little laundromat right across from our room so i can still do the wash and so we can do ironing and stuff which we have to do manually but in the rv we don't have a little man who comes in and picks up after us So if you haven't considered uh, this form of RVing, you might want to think about it. Uh, we particularly like uh, repositioning cruises because uh, they're much less expensive and go to very interesting and usually fairly exotic ports. And what Ken means by repositioning is that a cruise ship will be in a certain locale for a specific period of time, generally weather-related. Such as Alaska. Yeah, this trip was in Alaska the in the summer. And then they have to move to a new venue as the weather changes. So this trip, this ship is on its way to its permanent Asia voyage, which will be followed by a permanent Australia-New Zealand route a little later in the winter, which will be their summer. So we have taken the ship from its Alaska market across the Pacific, uh, down the coast of Asia, um, past Beijing, and we are going to end up in Bangkok. So many people think that spending uh, five or six days at sea, and we're very uh, ambivalent. Well, we we don't know exactly how many days we spent at sea because we went across the international dateline. And so suddenly Tuesday became Thursday. We've talk- Nobody knows how that happened. We've but. talked before about as retirees, it's very embarrassing when you don't know what day it is or what day of the week it is um, or what season it <laughs> is when you're steroids. traveling. Uh, but here we are just totally disoriented. And every day or two we dropped or added an hour as we moved um, toward Asia and then zigzagged between the various countries. So part of our going-to-bed routine is trying to figure out how to set our watches for the next day, and we never quite feel like we are in the time zone. Because you understand that being 7,000 miles from our home near Chicago, that uh, that's about 12 hours of time. And so in the last uh, couple of weeks, we've lost uh, 12 hours of, well, we've gained, actually. I don't know what the hell we've done. We gained the time and lost a day. (laughs) Gained the time and lost a day. And so uh, we've switched day for night uh, from those of you back in the States. And that's... uh, an interesting uh, exercise for your body. To say we do least. get some limited television here, and Ken was able to watch the Sunday night Bears game Sunday morning before No, breakfast. no, Monday, no. Oh. But uh, if you're thinking about doing a cruise, uh, these repositioning cruises are great because uh, we're spending about $100 a night. Now, let's see, per person, of course, um, and we have a balcony, and uh, we have this room that's about the size of our RV without a kitchen. And so that's, uh, we're used to this kind of living, I would say. And uh, we don't have quite as much space, and certainly we don't have a basement in which to store all of our stuff, but uh, it's uh, worked out pretty well anyway. And the $100 a day uh, is roughly equivalent to what we might spend in the RV. I mean, if we were driving 500 miles, that would cost us uh, 100 and some odd dollars. And yeah, but you really can't compare. Cause at campgrounds the end of, are 30 and $40. At the end of every day here, we have myriad forms of entertainment to choose from, live so is entertainment. is this a better deal than RVing? 
Well, it costs more than RVing. No, I don't think it does. I think it does. Okay. Well, we have a disagreement here, but it's reasonably priced uh, for most people's budget. And if you don't go for 31 days, obviously, it would be less expensive if you just consider the $100 a day. And many ships, you can do these repositioning cruises. And, of course, repositioning cruises happen in the fall, in the late fall, and in the mid-spring. And as Ken started to say, some people have concerns about these repositioning cruises because they do involve multiple days at sea. And uh, some people go stir-crazy during this time. But for us, we are very good at entertaining ourselves, and the ship uh, offers myriad activities, both um, lecture-type activities as well as fun stuff like casino and games and pool games and cyber golf. So I think there is plenty to do here for anybody who wants, and you can do as much or as little as you want, just like some of the resort campgrounds that we've stayed in. Okay, so enough of the uh, of the RVing um, as compared to cruising. <laughs> I don't know if there is an accurate comparison, but this is an RV podcast. So uh, a couple of issues with the podcast that you may be interested in knowing. Uh, number one is is that uh, you'll we are on the road and uh, we are not using my little portable uh, recorder like uh, I did use in South Africa. Uh, you notice if you have listened back a few episodes that uh, our our trip to South Africa was a podcast, but we the sound quality was fairly poor, and that's because I just had a little digital recorder. And I didn't have any real way of recording on my computer, but I recently found a stereo mic system that has two separate microphones plugged into one jack. And this actually makes it quite a lot easier because at home I use uh, two separate microphones going through a mixer that plugs into the computer, and uh, that's a fair amount of hardware. And frankly, I now find that it's uh, unneeded because we have these two microphones, one on each channel that goes to um, a little box, and that box converts it into a signal that the computer can use. So this is a a big change, and I hope that you like the quality of of the current podcast please let us know uh and in case we haven't told you the contact information we always appreciate email at navigator at rvnavigator.com and of course our website is www.rvnavigator.com this means that we can do podcasts on the road and maintain the very highest quality standards number two issue that we wanted to mention is is that i've had an interesting uh conversation this week with uh, this month with uh, somebody who wants to advertise on the RV Navigator podcast. When we started this RV podcast, I had never had any intention of earning any money off of it or actually accepting ads. But money is nice. Yeah. I would like to know uh, what our listeners think about uh, accepting advertising. They actually want to have an ad in the middle of the podcast, um, as well as at the beginning and the end, a tag, as well as, of course, a link on the website. Um, I basically have told them no. But uh, I would be interested to hear if you, as listeners, would be offended if we included an ad. Um, One of the reasons I said no was because I'd never heard of the company, and uh, they sold first aid products, and I couldn't quite see the relevance of that to this particular podcast. But uh, if this issue comes up in the future, it would be interesting to know if this would be uh, offensive or would be of interest, would you find this helpful? Should we put ads on our on our website that we uh, of, for products that we consider to be 
Helpful worthy. to us. Helpful to us, yeah. And uh, certainly we have made recommendations over the period of time that we've been doing the podcast, the couple of years here, but uh, we do that strictly out of our own personal experience, and we're going to be doing that in a few minutes, I think, when we talk about uh, our major RVing topic today, and that is uh, financing your RV. But uh, I, I don't know. It's a, it's an interesting idea, and, and we haven't even gone for things like uh, AdSense, which uh, is something that Google offers, which are the, the little ads in the column on the right-hand side of your webpage. Um, as I say, we uh, have just taken on this responsibility of giving you the very best information uh, that we can uh, filtered through our own perceptions, and we hope that that's uh, been a benefit to you, and that's the whole purpose of this podcast. And certainly many of our listeners have been very generous in sharing their comments with us, and we certainly appreciate it um, in hearing from you. So let us know. What do you think? I think I would like to listen to ads that were useful to us uh-huh. and practical to the RV world. And just like on TV, I have a fast-forward button, so I don't think it would bother me a whole lot. Yeah, but would you use the fast-forward? So you wouldn't mind ha- I I could see banner a- or ads on our website, but yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, I would sure. prefer that more. I'm not sure just ads in the middle of uh, the content. Pre- and yeah. now a word from our sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and some of the products that we've listed, you know, are very cool. And, uh, you know, we, and I think we've people mentioned. respect it more that it's there because we really said we liked it than because they were paying us money. Yeah. That makes an issue. Yeah. That's an yeah. issue, too. So today's major RV topic is um, financing your RV. And because we just bought our Class A motorhome and spent a fair amount of money on it, uh, over 100000 as you can imagine, it's probably the second largest purchase that we've ever made in terms of a single purchase behind your home. And so when you make a purchase like this, it's like getting uh, another mortgage for your house. Even though you can pay cash, it's sometimes a good idea just to borrow the money because there are better places to put your your cash on hand. And, and so, unlike a home, an RV is not an investment because its value keeps going down over yes, the years. Yeah. And we've talked to a number of people who have been upside down, meaning that they owe more than they than the RV is worth. worth. And that's uh, something that uh, you have to contend with. Um, and it, that is how much to finance and does being upside down bother you. And uh, in our case, it doesn't really bother us, so we financed it for 20 years. But finding financing was very daunting to me. And it's not like house mortgages where you can just kind of go down to your local bank and they will uh, or shop around in the newspaper and find a good mortgage rate. And even though an RV is considered to be a second home, and it has uh, tax benefits in that regard that you could deduct uh, the interest off of the mortgage, mortgage that you get on a on an RV as long as it has a bathroom in it anyway so it, you know a, a travel trailer or a fifth wheel or a class A or a class C um, all qualify as second homes and if you finance them the interest rate is uh, the interest that you pay is deductible which of course is something we're always looking for we were shopping for a good rate. And uh, as you know, we bought this from a private individual. So uh, some of the the early shopping, though, that we did was with uh, various dealers. And when we were looking around for um, our diesel pusher, we would talk to them about financing as the discussion got more serious. And the rates were just astronomical. I, I mean, over 8% in many cases, and certainly close to 8% for, for virtually all the dealers. And, of course, they're happy to finance that. And that, to me, was a rate which was 
fairly high. And we also uh, flirted with home equity loans and the more traditional yeah. kinds of financing, and they weren't very good deals either. Right, um, and very high interest rate. And it, it, this was a factor for us because we know that uh, regular home mortgages were in the six and a quarter percent range or so. Yeah, we're talking about before the housing bubble burst this summer. Yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I think we bought it just about at the right time. So we, though, were reluctant to kind of just go online. I mean, we buy almost everything else online, and of course, we did a lot of shopping for our RV online which uh, turned out to be a great way. But I don't know. I was a little reluctant to just uh, sign up with one of these companies. And, you know, you hear about all sorts of scams and things. But And you had to fill out some online forms too, right? Yeah, the more information you put like out there. I was there. applying for a credit from a 1,000 places, and, and yeah. uh, some places wouldn't uh, give you uh, a quote? their quotes until you, were, until you filled out the form and, and essentially applied for the loan. and. So I was really kind of up in the air about what I, we were going to do in terms of the financing. We went online, and, and I read uh, you know, and did some posting on some of the RV, and this is a great way to find out information on some of the RV discussion boards. You know, RV.net has a, has a great one, and if you post a comment or if you just do a search, which is your first choice, do a search on uh, RV financing, You'll find tons of posts of people with suggestions and people with first-hand experience. And I did that, and boy, uh, there were a lot of people who have very good experiences with two particular uh, RV lenders. specialists, lenders. You know, we had gone to places like our credit union and to our local bank, and they were like, RV financing? Huh. They just don't know about it and they don't no, do it. No, and they kind of treat it like a used car, but they won't give you $100,000 for a used car. So, uh, and if they, you know, if you want to borrow more than that without uh, the security of a home, that they will just, they just don't know how to handle that. So the local uh, people just don't know um, anything about financing an RV. And the dealers offer financing, of course, but at a fairly high price. So we went online, and after doing a fair amount of research, we found two that uh, seemed to do a pretty good job for most people, Essex Financing, and uh, the other one is called Fun, which is Financial Underwriters, Underwriters Network. Network. And we went with the second one, Financial Underwriters Network, and I would strongly suggest, and I'll put a link into the show notes if I, can get a, if I have a chance to do the if show notes. If you ever notes. get online again. <laughs> Uh, this may be posted before that, and it may be posted after that. Who knows? But uh, anyway, we will we will try to include some of the the RV specialists, and that's the thing about this is is that the the Fun and Essex are both uh, RV specialists online, and they quoted us rates which were much more reasonable, and we ended up with um, a six and a half percent, which saves us you know quite a lot of money every month. And as far as we can tell, the service was actually better because they were very used to doing RVs because that's all they did. You call them up, and they say, "Oh, what kind of RV are you buying?" And you give them this, the and we, uh, the, uh, the information whether it's new or used, and they give you uh, how much they can loan you. And you know, it's usually in the eighty percent range. Which turned out to be kind of interesting. If you yes. recall the saga we went through to finally get our RV, yes, this the, is one of the RVs that we wanted to buy, um, Fun wouldn't loan us quite the asking price of the seller who we wanted to buy it from. 
And while this was very disappointing to me at the moment, uh, in retrospect, I think they uh, did us a favor because the price was a little bit too high. And while other people came along and snapped it out from under us, um, I I think this was a benefit for us, that they were um, really helping us to decide the value of the vehicles we were looking at. Yes, and it was interesting to find that uh, the Dutch star from Newmar was, we were able to borrow substantially more, um, you know, given the 2004 and everything that we, that ours had, that they were willing to give us more money for it because apparently as a higher quality vehicle, that's the only thing I can say. Yeah, even though to my eye they looked quite similar. Yes, exactly. So we um, contacted Fun and... And I, I don't mean that to be uh, the least bit uh, in, in a joking fashion, but, I mean, we that's what they're called. And so we contacted FUN, and we got the people there were great. Um, they took our credit information. And now financial underwriters means that what this company actually does is for a fee that's built into your, to your loan, they find somebody who will finance your RV at a reasonable, well, at the at the prevailing rate. So what you do is you call up, you say, this is the RV that I want to buy, and then they call you back and say, uh, we have a lender who's willing to lend you this much money, and here is their rate. So our lender is still just a regular bank. But, <laughs> Which is very interesting. But because of their intermediary yes, uh, services, yes. uh, it, they, made they the bank, it made the bank comfortable to deal with us. I guess so. I don't know what it was. Um, but they handle all the intermediary activity, and we actually got a, a loan through... Wachovia. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. And Which makes sense to me because if banks don't have people on staff that really know about the value of RVs, that's why they're not comfortable uh, lending money out on them. And FUN might provide that expertise that yeah. the bank itself would lack. We actually checked, after we found out, we checked with the Wachovia Bank and we went onto the website. Uh, there are no Wachovias in our area. But we did go onto their website to see if they would loan us the money directly. And the answer is no. They go through this organization that uh, that brokers out loans uh, from applicants, which is a very interesting process. In this modern day and age, you never really deal with anybody. They faxed us the forms. We faxed them back. Yeah. We talked to them on the phone. I mean, there's never any yeah, But you do have kind contact. of a banker contact person, and then they pass you up and down the line based on, on what stage you're into. And another thing that we were a bit worried about was um, – whether or not they would handle a private transaction, which ours was. We were not dealing with a dealer. We were dealing essentially with a private individual, and that was no problem. Um, They wired the money to the person, and another thing we were a little bit concerned about was paying sales tax and uh, the various other fees that might be involved, and they take care of that, which we found to be quite convenient. And so no because surprise. of their experience, they, they knew all of the procedures that were necessary to make it happen in our state. No surprise closing costs, as you sometimes hear about with uh-huh. people buying a home, especially yes. for the first time. Yes, and they took care of uh, securing the title and, uh, and making sure that uh, the vehicle was, was appropriate to sell, meaning that uh, there wasn't any extra liens on the title or anything like that. And, and of course, they did require um, us to have insurance. That's part of the deal, right? Which and, we would want to have anyway. And that's another issue which we need to bring up, and and the insurance issue is a is a big one. Uh, and once again, you need to check around and find a specialist in RV insurance. We found that there was a huge difference between the 
insurers in terms of price. And we started with our regular car insurance company, State Farm, and I have nothing against them, but they were like, oh. Again, this is not a field in which they have any expertise. Yes, and we were surprised because, you know, to us, insurance is insurance. And we went to a specialist, and and in this case, we went to Progressive Insurance. And Progressive uh, actually uh, did a a great job. And, you know, they they offer you things like replacement value of your RV. They insure the contents and take care of you know those other things which State Farm just had no clue about, as well as the usual liability inclusion and all that sort of stuff. And they have reasonable deductibles, and we're paying less than $1,000 a year for the insurance, which I consider to be fairly reasonable, don't you? I think so. Yeah, I hope especially so. considering what we pay for our cars. And, uh, and as I talk to other people, um, they're paying substantially more, and I don't know exactly why. And they were also helpful when you want to take your rig into Mexico, too, didn't you? Yeah, that was another issue, right, that progressive, uh, at least they cover the collision and and that sort of stuff while you're in Mexico because that's another thing State Farm didn't do is if you get more than 20 miles or something into Mexico, they don't cover, and so you have to buy additional insurance. Of course, when you're going to Mexico, you have to buy Mexican liability insurance, which is required by 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 the country. So nobody covers liability except Mexican liability companies. But the contents of your RV, which is obviously just as critical, can be covered by the same company. Or, or, or Progressive maybe charges just a few dollars, like 10 or 12 or something like that. A rider maybe that you put yeah, in? Yeah, for, for the year. But uh, we found it to be very reasonable. So um, other people have different uh, other insurance companies, and they probably used other uh, lenders, but be aware that there are specialists in this area, and don't be put off by the fact that there are some online services which you may have hesitancy about. But boy, they've uh, they did a good job for us, and apparently, uh, in reading the message boards, they've done a good job for many other people too. So that was our experience with uh, with financing the RV, and uh, if. If you're in the position to pay cash, that's better. But uh, if you're in, if you need a little borrowing capacity, this is the the way the way to go, as far as I can see. And then don't get it through the dealer. Well, and I don't know if paying cash is better. Um, yeah. My my hero is our next door neighbor, whose motto is um, every I'm few years. <laughs> every few years, he pay, he trades in his RV on another RV, and he always owes a lot of money on it, and it's just. Well, and that's kind the of our cost philosophy. Of doing business. Yeah, and that's kind of our philosophy. You're just always going to pay on the RV, and as long as the payments are reasonable and fit within your schedule, what the hell? Sell sell it when you can no longer drive, and you know, you see what you get if you're upside down. You well, just need to goes. have enough money somewhere else for that final RV payment. <laughs> <laughs> the <laughs> final when RV when payment. Either that or you road. die. When you reach the end of the road, so to speak. <laughs> Well, so we hope we, we've helped you with these uh, these topics, and uh, it, we always are very interested in hearing what you have to say about these uh, issues because we certainly have uh, only our own experiences to draw upon, and our listening audience has many more experiences, and we'd be glad to put those up on the website or share them if you'd like to send us a, a voicemail, not a voicemail, but if you'd like to send us a, an audio file, we'll be glad to listen. And I need to get a voicemail box for people to send uh, comments, but... We will have to postpone that for right now. A technology goal for the winner. No, technology goal for while we're at sea. I don't think so. Rocking up and down. Anyways, uh, this is Ken, your RV navigator, talking to you from the mid... Well, see, where are we right now? I think we're in the Yellow Sea. 
And this is Martha, the co-pilot, who is ready to go to the pool and catch some rays. And we'll hope to see you in a few months in a campground near you. And we will be on our way to the Southland uh, come January. Talk to you later. Happy travels. Bye now. Thank you.